Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, Dallas Greenaway continues our 10 Practices series where we will be talking about 10 daily and weekly practices that can define our faith and bring growth in our life. Dallas talks about restraint this week and how we all have to practice restraint daily with different things. We look at Genesis 3 and how Adam and Eve should have practiced restraint in the Garden of Eden. Dallas invites us to consider our days, consider how those daily things affect ourselves and those around us, and ask God where we need to practice restraint. We hope you enjoy this message. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to our 10 Practices series. This week is practice number nine, and for the first time ever, we've got high schoolers and middle schoolers watching together. Isn't that awesome? Now, before we get into the ninth practice, I want to just check in with you guys and ask, how are you doing with the practices so far? Have you been engaging with them? Have you found any of them particularly helpful? Um, Have you not been engaging with them at all? Like, uh, just remember, this is not a legalistic thing. It's not a checkbox thing. It's not a, you're not going to get graded or anything like that. But this is an invitation into uh, maybe some deeper places, going deeper with God than you ever have before. And we really believe that these are not the only ways that you're going to grow in our faith or in your faith but they are some ways that God might wanna use to grow and strengthen you. So if you haven't started yet, it's not too late. If you've tried some, but not others, I'd encourage you to, hey, maybe dip into the ones you haven't yet. And maybe you could even let us know in the chat, what's, what are some that have been particularly impactful for you? We're praying for you, we're on this journey with you. Um, so let, let's keep going after it together. Now, the ninth practice is the practice of restraint. It's what we're talking about today, and we're going to actually see it. It's in the very beginning of the Bible. It's it's all throughout the Bible, but we see it from the beginning of of the Bible in chapter 2 of Genesis, if you want to go ahead and turn there. And this practice, it might sound kind of weird. What do you mean the restraint? Like, does that mean I, I need to get a restraining order, like between me and another person, or like between me and some stuff? Like, what do you mean? Maybe a a better way to think about it is uh, self-control or a different way to think about it is practicing self-control. Now that's one of the fruits of the spirit. So if that doesn't clue you in on, hey, this is pretty important, then I'm not sure what will. But the reality is that all of us need restraint or self-control in our own lives. We are creatures of habit, we're creatures of comfort. And when we find something that we enjoy, something that brings pleasure to us, the temptation is just like, nom, 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 just get more of that, right? And maybe the nom, nom, nom is appropriate because one of those things for a lot of people is food. Maybe, uh, maybe that's you. I know that it's actually me where food is maybe something you need to pull back from. In fact, I'll just share from my own life. I, I had a mentor in my life. I think there's many reasons why I have the relationship with food that I do now, where I just, I want to eat a lot of all the things that I love and I don't want to stop, right? But I had a mentor in my life actually when I was in middle school and uh, he told me one time, hey, you need, whenever somebody asks you, do you want to biggie size that? Like, do you want to make this as big of a burger or fries or drink as you can? Uh, the answer is always yes, go big or go home. And so somewhere in my middle school brain, I was like, yes, this is the way, right, Mandalorian? And, uh, and I just wanted to biggie size everything. And so now even people don't even ask anymore because now it's like, it's not, do you want to biggie size it? But it's like, hey, do you want a salad with that? Because now we all have to be healthy, right? Uh, or else you know, McDonald's will get sued or something. But uh, now it's like, I I just instinctively want it to be bigger than it needs to be. The the point here is that I I need to restrain myself when it comes to things I eat, how much I eat. I need to eat more of the things that I'm actually supposed to eat, the things that are good for me. And maybe food isn't the area that you need to practice restraint in your life, but I promise you that there's some place, whether it's binge watching or 
music you listen to, like maybe you listen to too much or just the type of music. Uh, maybe for you, it's like you're just doing too much of this and you're on your device way too much. Maybe it's video games. Maybe you're getting mo way more sleep than is appropriate or necessary, but you're like, I got nothing else to do. Maybe you need to restrain from sleep. There's some area in your life, so go ahead and start thinking about where, where's a place in my life where maybe I do need to pull back. Maybe I need a little more self-control. Maybe I need to practice this thing called restraint. Now, this is not just something that we uh, came up with a few months ago and we're like, hey, this sounds like a good idea, but we've already said it's a fruit of the Spirit, uh, but we also see it in the Scriptures in Genesis chapter 2. So again, if you've already turned there uh, or make your way there right now, chapter 2, we're going to read about uh, the first commandment in the Bible, the first commandment that God gave humans and, uh, and where restraint kind of comes into that, right? So in Genesis chapter two, verse five, here's what we find. When no bush of the field was yet in the land and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land and there was no man to work the ground and a mist was going up from the land and was watering the whole face of the earth. So kind of literally like setting the scene for us. So maybe read through that again and get a picture in your mind of the scene, literally. But verse seven says, then... The Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. Now, if you're with us at Epic this past year, maybe that's a throwback to that, Yahweh, right? Like, I can't even do the breathing right. I don't quite know how Matt did that, but just this is something to ponder, think about, maybe as a little side thing, but that God breathed life into us, that the breath that we have today, the life we have today is directly from God. That is, that's a miracle. So he creates man. Verse eight says, and the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, right? Remember the garden of Eden? Uh, he did that in the east and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground, the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that was there too, right? So God makes uh, man, he makes a garden with all of these tasty and good looking uh, trees there in the garden. He puts the man in there and there's these two trees, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, skipping down a few verses to verse 15, God's made some rivers. He's made the rivers run through the garden. He's really setting this place up as an incredible place for man. Verse 15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, this is the first commandment in the Bible. Think about this. God says, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden. That's the first commandment, right? Before we get to the second part, or, or in some ways the second commandment, the first commandment, and again, as somebody who needs restraint from food, this is, this is great. This sounds awesome. The first commandment God gives to man is that you can eat anything that you see in this garden. You can eat all of these fruits from any, any tree, right? That's, that's good news. Remember, Jesus' first miracle was turning water into wine, like a celebration, a party, good, good food, good drink. And God, the first commandment to human beings, has to do with food. I'm, I like this. I like this, Lord. Yes. Uh, verse 17, this is the second part of the commandment, right? And the part where a lot of people get hung up. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die, right? That's the part that gets people hung up. That's the part where actually, maybe you didn't realize it, but restraint comes in. So 
We can spend a lot of time talking about this, but if you want a deep dive on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, because people are like, well, why did God even put the tree there? Or, well, if God's a good God, why, why can't he just let Adam and Eve take a bite? If you want a deep dive, The Bible Project, a great group, has awesome podcasts and YouTube videos, and they've got a, a deep dive on this subject, on these trees, in a podcast from January of this year, 2020. And uh, it's just in a series about the significance of trees in the Bible. You didn't Maybe no trees were so significant. Well, these guys help you understand that. You can uh, take a look at their podcast or listen to it and get a very deep dive. But here's the basics of why is this happening? Why is there this commandment in the Bible? Here's what it pretty much boils down to. This is a call. This is an invitation for Adam and, in a moment, Eve to trust God and not themselves. If you know the rest of the story, or you can actually just turn over one chapter in Genesis 3 and read it, the serpent comes. He says, you know, he questions what God really said. He, he, he says, hey, doesn't this fruit look good? I, I bet it's tasty. I bet it's going to fill your belly, right? Like he, he makes them start to look at it and say, wait, did God, like, was God really like holding back on us? Is he really trustworthy in this moment? Or should we just take this thing into our own hands and take a bite and see what happens. And in a moment, they trust themselves more than they trust God. And the domino effect is that now, thousands and thousands of years later, you and I are living in a sinful, broken, messed up world. And most of us, many of us, can't wait till Jesus comes back and makes it all right. And it started from this place in the Garden of Eden, where remember, the first commandment was, hey, hey, no, you cannot touch that. The first commandment was, you can touch anything in this garden. But the, just don't touch, don't touch that one tree. You can literally have anything else you want. It's a moment for them to trust God, and Adam and Eve, they failed. They didn't. They trusted in themselves more than they trusted in God. All he was asking was restrain have a little bit of self-control when it comes to this one tree. I promise you, even though they don't understand it, even though we don't know all the reasons, God had reasons that it was best or better for them to not eat of that tree than to eat of it. And maybe, like, especially when you see these, the order of the commandments, like you can eat anything, and, but just not that one. Maybe you're, now you're like, what? Well, well, that kind of makes sense for God. Now, maybe now your blame shifts to Adam and Eve. Like, why couldn't they just get their stuff together? And I'll tell you why they couldn't get their stuff together. Because all of us, it's in our nature to choose our own way. It's in our nature to want things that look good to our eye. They look like they're going to be pleasing to our bellies or to our, our souls. And every single day, you and I make the same mistake that Adam and Eve did. We choose to trust ourselves more than we trust in God. And that's what we do with our stuff. That's why we need restraint in our lives. We, we think that we know best to the point that we, we go to things, whether it's binge watching or playing a bunch of video games or eating too much or, or just being on our, our, our phones too much or what, whatever it is, whatever it is. We go to those things trying to find life because they look good to us. They look like they're gonna satisfy us. We, we feel like we know better than God. And in the end, we find that those things that we look to for life are the very things that take life from us. There's a reason why God asks us not to, to give our lives over to the stuff of this world. There's, there's a reason. It's because those things will take life from us. 
On the flip side, there's a reason why he asks us and he asked Adam and Eve to do life and seek life with and from him. Because that's where true life is found. So where is it in your life that you need to practice restraint? Maybe it's in one of the places I've mentioned or maybe you haven't quite thought of it. Let me give you three questions as we end that maybe will be helpful as you think about where do I need to practice restraint in my life? The the first question or, or task for you is this. Just examine your day. Think about your day. Think about what you spend your time doing, what you spend your time thinking about, who you spend your time with. Just think about all of that in your mind, like kind of map it out. And then what I want you to do is, for the second thing, I want you to consider the effect of your daily habits or the things you do on a normal day. Consider the effect of those things on you and on the people around you. How does watching all that TV or how does you know, spending so much time, even with that one person, how, how do those things affect your, your mind, your body, your soul? And then it's more than just about you, right? But how, does that, how do those things affect the people around you? It's, it's doing it more than you realize. So once you've examined your day, once you've considered the effects of how you're spending your time, then ask God for help moving forward. God, God, how do I pull back from some of these things if I'm realizing they've gotten to an unhealthy place? If I'm realizing that the effects are not as good as I may have thought. God, how, how do I pull back and how do I move forward with you? How do I move forward doing life your way with you? It's going to look different for all of us. Thankfully, we, we don't have to do it on our own. And thankfully, we have a perfect example of what a restrained life looks like, a life that is lived only for God. And that's found in Jesus. He is the perfect example of a restrained life. Jesus literally could have done anything that he wanted at any moment. At any moment, he could have pulled out his God card. Like maybe the the most popular moment to think about is on the cross, he's giving his life because God has led him to that moment, right? To to sacrifice himself for all of humanity. And and he could have. He could have said like, lasers coming out of my eyes, angels come save me, right? Release me from this guard hold, and yet he didn't. He lived a perfectly restrained life, only ever doing, saying, thinking, living in the way that God the Father wanted him to. What about us? What does it look like to move more towards that kind of life? Life lived in obedience and trust to God. Let's step in together. This is a lifelong journey to living a restrained life. That's where true life will be found.